0: And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
1: We sure do. And we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because...
0: Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it.
1: We sure do. So, are you looking for some expert advice on men's sexual health? feeling broken, somehow wondering if you'll ever be able to have the great sex you used to have, or perhaps you just want to discover more pleasure, last longer, and feel confident in your own body.
0: On today's show, we're going to have an open discussion about men's sexual health needs from resolving dysfunctional sex, to gaining sexual confidence in the bedroom, to shedding guilt, shame, and performance anxiety, and redefining the meaning of great sex.
1: We sure are. So many of our shows are about women. Today, it's about us guys, and we need to learn stuff and today especially our show is sponsored by promisant the company that helps you get better in bed before we get into the show as we always do we want to talk about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot and if you're fed up with sleep with having to change your sheets every time you have sex then you need one of our top waterproof blankets it's 100 percent waterproof and leak proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets
0: From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness. Just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely, go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket, that's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now.
1: It sure does, and so does today's show. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are uber excited to welcome today's special guest.
0: Dr. Jed Kamenetsky is New York's top urologist and is widely recognized as a key opinion leader in various areas of men's sexual health, including sexual dysfunction. As a resident advisor for Promescent, Jed is part of our family, supporting solutions for men's sexual health and pleasure.
1: Absolutely. So, Jed, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day and being here with us today.
2: Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: We're very excited about this show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how COVID-19 has changed your world in the last eight or nine months?
2: Well, you know, I'm in practice here in New York City, so... um, you know, the city is certainly not what it was. It's uh, professionally, it, we were closed down for a couple months, from March to May. Now we're very, very busy. So patients are coming in. Uh, I think people are anticipating another lockdown. So anyone with any problems are coming in. We're seeing a lot more men with sexual problems because anything that increases stress, increases anxiety, increases uh and other sexual problems. So we're very busy. Personally, uh, the summer was sort of somewhat normal. We're outside doing things, eating out. But like you guys, it's cold, and I'm afraid it's going to be a long winter. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And personally, in your, in your relationship, have you found that you and your partner are talking more, or having more sex?
2: Um, you know, we're definitely talking more. Uh, when I was home during all virtual visits, I thought she was going to kick me out of the house for a while. <laughs> now, my wife is a big proponent of she married me for better or for worse, but not for lunch. <laughs> 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 but yeah, our, our sex life has been good. And, uh, we had all our kids, they've sort of grown, but they were with us for a good part of the, uh, lockdown. Now they're back, you know, living their lives in the city. Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. Though,
0: so, let's get right into this. Tell us a little bit about when you realized that you wanted to have a career in men's health.
2: Well, when I, I went to medical school thinking I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, but there were too many fractures and emergencies and, you know, it wasn't as glamorous as running on a football field to take care of athletes. So I, I got into urology because it was a nice mix between surgery and medicine. And uh, and I sort of I still take care of people with cancers and things. But if you treat someone with cancer, they're not happier after you. They don't feel better. So with ED and with the men's health things that I do, mostly benign diseases, I make people happy. I improve the quality of their life. And you know, I love sex. So. This was a perfect fit for me.
0: So it all goes together in one beautiful career. That's great. You know, to get into this whole discussion today, I really want to start with some 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 of the basics. Like let's do a we look- always
1: we always talk about the pussy and the clit yeah. and the woman, and we've never gotten into yeah. how does a cock work.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let's do a little bit of physiology one oh one. Explain how the penis gets aroused, gets erect, and then how does it exactly ejaculate?
1: Well I can show you. Just <laughs> take your mouth and uh uh-huh. No. <laughs>
0: We're going to hear from the doctor first.
2: <laughs> so uh, first of all, there's more similarities than you think between the clit and the penis. So the clitoris is, is sort of like a little penis. Uh, it doesn't ejaculate, of course, but it gets erect and gets hard with blood flow. So what happens with the uh, penis is to, to get an erection, you need a l- tremendous amount of blood flow to the penis. So that blood flows in and then it gets trapped into the penis, so it doesn't flow out. That's why the penis gets gets hard. So what happens in men with ED, a lot of men, they have anxiety. So what happens with anxiety? It causes a constriction of blood vessels, so they can't get enough blood in. Also, anything that affects vascular disease is going to affect penovascular disease. So you're not going to be able to get as much blood flow. So the best way I get guys to quit smoking, I tell them, you're not going to be able to get a hard on. Well, that's a good it reason. It damages, damages your blood vessels. So uh, an erection is a vascular event. So it needs a, a lot of blood flow. And then uh, ejaculation is a different neural neural pathway that with sexual excitement, uh, sooner or late, you know, in some men too soon, they ejaculate. I think we'll talk about that a little later and what we can do about it. But it's, you need to have a uh, a intact vascular supply to the penis and a nerve supply. If any of those are off, uh, you're not going to have an erection. And as you guys know, as well as me, the number one sex organ is between your ears.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And talk a little bit about what what is the component of the semen that or the ejaculate, how does it come out and where does it come from?
2: <clears throat> so that's an interesting question. So I do a lot of vasectomies. And I tell men, you, nobody's going to know the difference in your ejaculate because only 1% to 2% of the ejaculate is sperm. So 98 or 99% of the ejaculate comes is prostatic fluid or the seminal vesicles, which are glands next to the prostate.
0: And that's from your testicles, from the balls?
2: No, that's the prostate is in your perineum. So uh, the prostate sits at the perineum. So the, the sperm comes from the testicles, from your balls. So that's only one or two percent of the total ejaculate fluid. So. I, I, have to say,
1: I have to say when I had my vasectomy, sex after that was never better. I mean, we're going to talk about stress a little bit later, but the concept about going to have sex and not worrying about getting someone pregnant, this was after my third child. I was like first one into the doctor's clinic to get it done. My sex life just exploded.
2: And you didn't have any change in your
1: orgasms. Oh, they were better because, I mean, I lasted longer. I had, um, I mean, Carol says, like, how, how can you push that much out of your cock? There's so much <laughs> He cum. does have a lot of
0: cum. It's true. <laughs>
1: And I I had my vasectomy like 20 years ago.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're still working just fine now. So that's great. So let's move on. There's always that great question that everybody wants to ask Is bigger better?
1: Hold on. You answer that question first. Oh, okay. Does size matter?
0: To me, size matters. Yes. Doctor? Let's ask the doctor (laughs) what he tells people.
2: (laughs) Well, people always uh, would like a bigger penis. (laughs) But. In fact, that was, I used many years ago, we did some penis enlargement surgery, but um, it, I, I felt like we were doing a surgery for a, a sort of a psychologic disease. These guys had a lot of hang-ups. Look, mo- is, do some women like uh, a larger penis? Yeah, but the average penis is about five and a half to six inches, so uh, people get this false impression by watching porn or, you know, there's, uh, you know, so most of the nerve endings in the vagina are within the first, the outer third of the vagina. So the first couple inches, the G spot is just a, a finger's length inside on the front wall of the vagina. So I think it's more, I think if you ask most women, they'll say it's the person who's attached to the penis may be more important. <laughs> yes <laughs> And since there's nothing you can really do to, to make your penis bigger, I guess uh, it's got to be good enough.
0: Well you know what I, I always say that all cocks are beautiful and I just leave it at that and people do ask me all the time do I prefer a big one a small one and I just say I love all cocks and I don't and, and I believe it that's exactly like you said it's not about the cock it's about the person attached to it.
2: But that said, all guys would like a bigger penis. Yes,
0: I agree with you. But I don't know if all women want to have a bigger penis. That's not necessarily the case for both sexes. So what exactly is erectile dysfunction, things that go wrong? And what are some of the causes of it?
2: Okay, so the definition of erectile dysfunction is the inability to achieve or maintain an erection until climax. So... It, it takes very, ED or erectile dysfunction has various forms. So uh, there is some changes in, in erections in men as they get older in sexual function. So the first change you see in a man is that his latency period or the time between erections may increase. So a young man could have sex maybe three times a day. As he gets older, maybe three times a week. Mm-hmm. So that's the first change. So I'm young. Uh, I'm uh, young. young. I could do it two or three times a day.
0: Okay. Two, maybe. Three, not so much.
2: (laughs) You know, it may not be as rigid as you get older. The orgasms, David, you're an exception, but uh, uh, (laughs) the orgasms may not be quite as intense, um, may be more difficult to maintain the erections. So it's all various forms. And people come to me and I may see young guys who complain that they can't get it up again, that same day. So I, you know, I'll prescribe them Viagra or one of those drugs, because why not? If, so what those drugs do, in my mind, is they turn the clock back 10 or 15 years. So if you're 40, and you want to perform like you did when you were 25, why not? Sure. So,
0: so, the, those, so those types of drugs, drugs help with the blood flow then, so the erection can be maintained, that, correct?
2: Well, so you can get an easier erection, you maintain it, it might be hard, it'll be harder. And then so, after
0: ejaculation, does it still go away, the erection?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it generally will go away. In a young guy or younger guy, uh, it may stay for a few minutes after you come where, you know, generally it might go, you know, straight down. Mm-hmm. So but so for- guys who... Go ahead. Sorry. But for
1: it to work properly, I've been told you still need some sort of arousal. You can't just take the pill and have an erection.
2: Right. So you do need some sexual stimulation for the drugs to work. But, you know, in some people, a stiff breeze might be... <laughs> it might know. be enough, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's really
2: funny. Looking at a catalog. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so there. there's also... Um, Uh, I I guess, uh, I don't know if it's a confusion, but when we talk about premature ejaculation, is that also an an ED, erection? No,
2: it's a sexual dysfunction. And it's probably (coughs) the most common sexual dysfunction amongst men. So how long do you think the average amount of time people have intercourse in the United States or Canada before the man comes?
0: The actual thrusting part?
2: Yeah. Three
1: minutes.
0: Oh, I would, I was going to say seven or eight, but.
2: Yeah, in between, it's about five, five to six minutes. So that's the average. That's the average time. So that's not that long. So the definition of premature ejaculation, so we've done a lot of clinical trials. So for different drugs. So if you wanted to get into one of our trials for premature ejaculation, you have to average less than one minute. So oh. that's really severe. Okay. But just like guys all want to have a bigger penis, guys all want to last longer. So, again, just like that guy who can't get it up twice in one day, you know, I may see people who last for, you know, five minutes, six minutes, but want to last longer. Mm-hmm. So why not have, you know, really good good treatments? I think the thing that frustrates most men is it's the lack of a feeling of control. Mm-hmm. So it's not the, what, the time, but it's the, they don't feel like they have control. So they're having sex, and they're thinking to themselves, don't come, don't come, don't come. So when then they finally do come, it's like it's not as satisfying because they've been holding it back. Mm. So it's sort of like a, you know, not – as intense or as they might like and they're or, not
0: really in the moment of enjoying the pleasure all they're thinking about is
2: don't let that cock come too early right. they're they're be embarrassed or, grand, you know they're thinking about their grandmother right, or they're okay. thinking about you know baseball statistics or you know whatever they're thinking about so just to get them off but han how do
1: you feel i mean sometimes i mean you want me to come like really fast it's like probably because you have something in your brain no, you know the no, woman's no. brain that's not and why you, i want and, you to
0: come fast why Well, a number of reasons. I like doing lots of different things during sex. I don't like to just be thrusted upon for a long time. So if a guy's going to take more than seven, eight minutes, I'm done already. It's enough.
1: But I can stop and go do something else and come back.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's and, just to change it up. Well, I like variety. in a
1: quickie you would like okay you got 30 seconds go.
0: Okay that's only because you want to come and it's, <laughs> it's all we got. So there we go. I say yeah sure no problem hurry up. <laughs>
1: you can't complain. You can't complain
0: about a
1: quickie. Too. I'm no. not complaining. I just, not. I just want to know like what the mindset is when do you want a quickie? When do you want it to last long?
0: Well I guess if you did have premature ejaculation I would want you to last longer but the fact is you can keep going and going so when I've had enough I'm good you know like I'm good let's move on to the next thing and roll me over and do me or whatever it might be you know Mm -hmm. change positions or whatever so it just depends on what we're talking about i
1: got it i got it so let's talk a little bit about some of the um, solutions there are and today's show is sponsored by promescent and they have what they call a delay spray explain a little bit how that works
2: well the the delay spray we use that a lot by the way that's our first line treatment for uh, premature ejaculation i don't like to call it premature because that's sort of pejorative it sounds negative it's sort of rapid ejaculation or early ejaculation, but what the, the spray does, it just, it's a slight numbing of the penis, so it takes a little bit of the sensation away, not to the point that the guy can't feel anything. Okay? He's still going to feel pleasure, but he has a greater sense of control. He's able to go longer, and the beauty of uh, promescence delay spray uh, compared to other similar type products on the market is that it's very rapidly absorbed. So it doesn't numb the woman. So I mean that would be totally counterproductive. Pointless, yes, right. exactly. <laughs> and so it's easy to use. They come in a little spray container. It's very discreet. The guy can just uh, if his partner doesn't know about it, if it's a single guy, he can just go into the bathroom, couple little spritzes, rub it on to do it before he has a hard-on. It's not going to affect his ability to get a hard-on, and uh, he's going to last, you know, considerably longer. So that's the first line of therapy. If patients, for whatever reason, don't like it, it doesn't work, and it's very rare that it doesn't work, what we sometimes will use is the antidepressant medicines. The problem with those you have to take them every day. And a side effect of the antidepressant medicines is it's difficult to come. Mm. So women who are on antidepressants, which is very common, have difficulty with orgasm. It also could affect your libido. So we give those pills to capture the side of them, not necessarily because they're depressed, but to capture the side effect. But if you can use a spray when you want to have sex as opposed to taking a pill every day, it makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you don't even need a prescription for the spray. You don't have to go to your doctor. It's not harmful nope. if you take it, even if you don't have uh, an issue with PE. And you can even no, last no. longer.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people who use it just want to last longer. So if you want to impress, maybe you can use the... Uh, spray and you know you'll be a uh, 10 minute, 15 20 minutes we
1: should bring it to like our swinger orgies i mean mm-hmm. they, they would just go on all night
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you'd be rolling me over that's for sure yeah that's too long to- okay you like being the queen bee being at the bottom oh, of yeah. the pile as oh, long yeah. as the guys can keep it up you can take it We're just going to take a little moment here to remind everybody that we are Carol and David, and this is A Sexy Lifestyle, and we're talking with New York's top urologist, Dr. Jed Kamenetsky, all about how the penis works during sex. So just going to stay tuned. We'll be right back after this.
1: So, you know, people have been asking us what's changed after four years of doing the podcast. Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about permescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation.
0: And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, permescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of.
1: Absolutely. So now they've got Promescent Delay Spray for him and Arousal Gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well.
0: Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at, at com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website com. that's P R O. M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com.
1: Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. All right. We're back. And before we get into our show, we want to take a minute to remind you about our new partnership with altplayground.net. That's A L T Playground.net.
0: If you're looking for a sexy, erotic, and open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, you should join altplayground.net. It's a lifestyle site that's expanding to include lots of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you with other like-minded folks like us.
1: Absolutely. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. Now we're going to get back to our show with Dr. Jed Kamenetsky from universityurology.com.
0: So I know another one of these things that people talk about a lot when it comes to having great sex, and it's about the level of testosterone. So let's talk about what is the role of testosterone? How does it work? Where does it come from?
2: Okay. So testosterone is the male hormone. Uh, It reaches its peak in men in their 20s. And it very gradually decreases over time. In some men, it may decrease more rapidly. It's most the the vast majority of your testosterone is made in the testicles. Uh, A little bit is in the adrenal glands, but most of it's from the testicles. So the testicles are stimulated by the pituitary gland, which is in your brain. And that stimulates the testicle to make sperm and testosterone. So a normal testosterone is anywhere from 400 to 800. So there's a a wide range of, so if a guy has low testosterone, so testosterone is what makes a man a man. It makes him feel masculine, masculine. Uh, if you give some muscle mass, body, hair, uh, libido, uh, and it's important for erections. Women have a little bit of testosterone. I think you're a high testosterone woman. Oh, okay. That would be my- <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Everyone says in my past life I was a man. A man,
1: absolutely.
2: <laughs> there you go. And so the signs of uh, low testosterone, so I could very often... A guy walks into my office and on hello, I could tell he's got low testosterone. He's usually a little overweight. He looks a little pasty. He's got poor posture. Um, on physical exam, his testicles might be small. He, he might have a sparse body hair. Uh, it, men have a, might have a low libido, lack of energy, uh decrease interest in sex, decrease focus. So a lot of men, when the T's low, they can't concentrate, they're depressed. It has a lot of the same symptoms as depression, actually. Hmm. And so a lot of men who are treated for depression have low testosterone.
0: And can they, and just, get, their, can they just get testosterone yeah, you replacement? Yeah, they're you
2: know, not depressed anymore.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: does that happen in younger people too? Could a 25-year-old have low testosterone?
2: Well, it's more common as you get older. We do see a, a lot some young men with uh, with low testosterone. It's it can be associated with other with diseases, some any chronic diseases. We see it a lot, as I said, in men with anxiety and depression. Um, it's overweight, so it's very common in overweight men. It's very common in people with type 2 diabetes, people who take opioids, opioid uh, use 80 in pr- 90% of those people have low testosterone. Mm,
0: so would it be any- more low
2: testosterone.
0: Sorry, would it Sorry. be Sorry. anything lower than 400 or is it something like could be as low as like yeah, 100?
2: Well, yeah. So we'll treat people usually if they're 300 or below, 350 or below. We try to get people to about 600. But, yeah, some people are very, very low. So people might be, you know, in the hundreds or even lower. When you get that low, it's associated with other things like osteoporosis in men. Um, so it's it's something that is not just about sex. I mean, that's why most people come to us uh, with compla- sexual complaints. But it, it, it's a real – it's a hormonal deficiency. So – So I remember once a guy came to me and he said, we would put these pellets in, and we'd put them in every three or four months to boost their testosterone. And the guy said to me, oh, yeah, my wife told me i better get in. My testosterone level's low. So, of course, I thought, you know, I said, what's the matter? You're not taking care of things in the bedroom? He said, no, no, she doesn't care about that. I stopped taking out the garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So,
1: And how do you fix low testosterone?
2: Well, it depends what the problem is. As I said, it's, it's the pituitary stimulates the testicles. So in young guys, if they have a pituitary problem, we'll put them on a medicine, something like Clomid, which is classically a drug for female infertility, but it stimulates the pituitary gland. If it's not a pituitary problem, then we give testosterone. So, c- testosterone can be given in injections, gels, these pellets, patches.
0: All different ways. So. Well, that's cool. Now, I know that another thing that affects libido is stress. We talk about it all the time, and there's so much stress these days with the pandemic. You must be seeing a lot of patients because they're low, low libido, but not due to testosterone levels, but really due to stress. What do you do with those patients?
2: Well, stress also lowers libido, oh. it lowers testosterone. Because people are not working out, they're overweight, they're, so testosterone gets converted into estrogen and fat, so guys are more fat, so less testosterone, more estrogen, they're not sleeping, so people make testosterone, your levels are highest in the morning, so if you don't sleep well, your levels will be low, so it, it, there is a psychological component and a physiologic Component, but if it's stress, you know we we work closely with sex therapists, with psychotherapists. Uh, You know, we talk to patients about you know even if the gyms are closed, you got to get outside, you got to do exercise. Uh, You know, you may be you you and your partner may be driving each other crazy. You know, if you're work both working from home, but you got to sort of close the door. You know, stay apart a little bit. You know. So when you see each other, there's a little bit of romance. So, I mean, everybody is sort of, it's a new world and everybody's sort of struggling to find out how to cope.
0: Now, it's great that people are coming to see you when they have these issues. But do you find that's happening more, that people are coming to see you when they have men, especially? Or is there some shame or embarrassment around coming to tell you about what their issues are?
2: You know, men are embarrassed. I, I think it's less so. So, you know, it's, it's a long time since Viagra was approved, but since I think Viagra really changed the way men looked at sexual dysfunction because there is a solution now. So, you know, when Viagra first came out, we sent the mailing to all our patients and said, hey, there's this new, new drug out there to help your erections. And I was besieged. I had to open up hours on Saturdays to to uh, see. The, I mean, people are having like fights in my waiting room. It was like <laughs> we did <got> tickets. <clears throat> the funniest thing was at the end of when it all died down. This little old lady came into my office holding the letter, and she said to me, uh, "Doctor, doctor, uh, I got this letter. It was addressed to my husband, and my husband died." So I said, uh, you know, I'm really sorry. I, I, you know, if I knew he died, I would to send the letter. She said, no, forget about him. It's my boyfriend. <laughs> that's funny.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so you think there's a lot of shame that's not showing up anymore as it was before because people are just used to talking about erectile dysfunction. They know there's a solution. And they don't that,
1: have to just live with it and right, deal. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: You think that's the same for? Think, sorry, for premature ejaculation.
2: Yeah, so, so I was going to say, I, you know, y- yes, premature ejaculation somehow is more embarrassing. And I think premature ejaculation pisses the woman off more because she feels like the guy is selfish. Like, he don't, you know, he just wants to get his and not worried about her. So I think premature ejaculation in some ways is, is more embarrassing. Um, but, you know, ED is embarrassing, too, on on a sort of one-to-one level. So if you have ED, if you're with a woman and you can't get it up, you're going to be embarrassed, right? Particularly if it's a new partner. And it's pretty common in, uh, with, in a new relationship. Some guys need, you know, to some guys use Viagra, for example, just in a, with a new partner. And then once they've been with them a little bit, they feel comfortable. So I think if you if you suffer it, you're embarrassed, but at least, but not to the point that you're not going to do something about it.
0: So does that mean that what you were saying is like performance anxiety? If you've met a new partner, you take the Viagra to make sure because you're worried about performance anxiety?
2: Absolutely. And Absolutely. How,
0: and how do we avoid that performance anxiety?
2: Uh, uh, well, I mean, if you, if you take the Viagra, you're not going to have performance anxiety because that's going to you know you're going to um, not not have a problem, but again, what happens with stress, so anxiety causes a constriction of blood vessels, so that's what kills the erections. So if you've ever gone outside out of Montreal on a cold day, what happens to your fingers? <laughs> yeah, they get cold. Up, right? Mm-hmm. So why does that happen, because the sympathetic nervous system is very active, and it causes the blood vessels to constrict in the periphery. Well, the body considers the penis to be a peripheral organ. You may think it's central <laughs> to everything, but it is a peripheral organ. So it's the same physiologic mechanism with stress as cold. The sympathetic nervous system is active. Blood vessels constrict, and you're going to have a soft penis. hmm hmm Absolutely.
1: So- well- I got a question for you. Sure. So we've been in situations where guys can't get it up. I've been in situations where I couldn't get it up um, because of one reason or another. But um, how do you respond to a guy you're sucking his cock and he's not getting hard? What, what do you do in that situation?
0: Well, I got to tell you, it's not fun for the girl. First of all, we're swingers, and so we're we're having sex with partners who are not our usual partners, so we don't really know them very well. So first of all, we try to get to know them by seeing if they respond. And there are some guys that don't respond, and some of them get worried about it, and others just don't care. They and the say, harder
1: you try and have an erection, the less you have an erection. Yeah,
0: but some are saying, well, it feels great, don't worry, just keep going. It feels great, it feels great. But it doesn't really feel great for me because I kind of want to... I want to make it happen. I want him to get a hard-on. He says, oh, don't worry. It's feeling good. But, you know, um, for me, I would much prefer if they could. So, you know, I would prefer that swinger to have taken Viagra prior so that I don't feel like I'm not doing my job properly. But you're also
1: good with asking them what they like.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, when you do it and it still doesn't get up, then I kind of feel it's on the onus is on me to make it happen. And I feel like I've failed them somehow.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, we have the ability when...
2: That's what happens in a relationship. So if the woman feels he's not attracted to her and it's this whole like, you know, propelling thing, snowball, where they what happens is people start avoiding sex Mm -hmm. because they don't want to uh, face that. It's frustrating. And as a woman, you want some positive uh, feedback. You want the. no, no one likes a wet noodle,
1: right? <laughs> now, now, what's what's fun in the swinging world is if you're sucking someone's cock and it's not really getting where you, where you want it to be, you can just have his wife or his partner come in mm-hmm. and do it with you, or and, and ask
0: or ask what am I doing wrong? Right? How? how yeah, can I you, get a that? guy doesn't
1: really want to hear what am I doing wrong. <laughs> no, what am I
0: doing as a girl? What I know, am I doing? I know,
1: wrong? but you, I, I wouldn't want to hear that. I'd right. want to say, okay, let me get your wife and we can both suck your okay. cock together. Yeah, sure. Um, so we do have that ability when you're in just a monogamous relationship. You don't have other people to bring in um Jed, what about sex toys are, are they good to help in a situation where you know you just need a little bit more oomph
2: well men generally don't sex toys are not as common commonly used amongst men as they are women i mean most a, a lot of women as you know may not be able to come during penetrative sex or any sort of partner sex they get aroused but they need their vibrator to get over the finish line. Not as common in men, so we do see some men who have difficulty climaxing. So this is a not a common problem, but it's a very difficult problem to to treat. And sometimes those men, you might need a vibrator or something to give them extra extra sort of stimulation to have a climax. Cool. Um, so
0: you're saying they get hard, they get aroused, they get hard, but they can't actually right. climax. They keep trying and trying and nothing's making them go over the top.
2: Right. And some of it could be <clears throat> developmental. You know, I, I really feel that people develop these neural pathways. So it, and a lot of it goes back to, you know, when you're a kid jerking off, you know, so how do kids, you know, masturbate? They just want to get it done quick because they don't want their parents to walk in. So they train themselves to prematurely ejaculate. Some guys are so focused on being the opposite that they, you know, they,
0: they can't on. Come. Well, but that happens sometimes with you, David, when in a swinger situation, you don't want to come yet because you're having so much fun. And then you've gone past the point of no return. And, and in the end, he can't even. Or right, I overheat. Yeah. Yeah. You get overheated or you just get tuned out or whatever it might be. And you end up not coming at that point and you have to wait and take a break, and then get back into it again.
1: Or just find another woman.
0: Well, I'm just saying. You know, not always. But,
2: yeah. but I would imagine a lot of uh, guys in this your community either take Viagra, or they may even do injections with Trimix, which is a vasodilator. Um, you inject it in the penis. It's a tiny little insulin syringe, and that'll give. That will give you an erection that lasts. So even after you come, I guess, about the, they'll stay hard.
0: Now, I think that I've heard anyways that porn stars, male porn stars use that treatment because they need to perform and they need to stay hard for the whole shoot or the whole day or I don't even know how long it lasts. But I don't know if I've seen or no. know anybody who's taken injections we, in our we community. We know they have
1: Viagra, but Viagra, you, know, yes. you know, when we play in the community and the guys just look at you and your gorgeous tits and <laughs> your you, beautiful body, thank you, thank they you. get immediate erections. <laughs> yeah, but they got to be able to function. That's the whole thing. So I, I just want to go back to the, the premature ejaculation because Jed said something about, you know, sometimes guys are just coming so quickly and it's it's not pleasant for the woman. Well you know the easy solution to that is do her first. You know, go down, get her aroused, get the pussy full of blood, get the clit big, massage her, take your time. You don't have to have her suck your cock first. You don't have to put it in her pussy and fuck her first take care of her and then at the end because she's already had her orgasm then you can do what you got to do and yes you can work on your premature ejaculation and there's there's ways to do it there's exercises there's promescent there's everything you can do but if you have an issue right now just take care of your partner first
0: yeah but also remember i like my my clit stimulated but i like when you pound me at least for four or five minutes not that much beyond but i enjoy that and then i want to come
1: i get it but this is just a happy medium Uh for those people who are working through their issues and it doesn't Jed, it doesn't happen right away, right? It takes time for a guy to learn how to ejaculate um, longer.
2: Yeah, no, it's... Uh, so the things like promessence are a shortcut. Uh, sometimes we'll work with... Get, work with the sex therapist as well. But yeah, I mean, that's communication. So what you're describing is good communication and uh, having sex that's not as penocentric mm-hmm. So So... Uh, you know, we have a lot of sex organs, our mouths, our hands, or exactly. you know, additional uh, penis. Man. Yeah,
0: Exactly like when a woman has vaginismus and she can't take the penis, uh, she has to relearn how to expand and allow it to come in. In the meantime, there's still lots of ways to pleasure your, your partner and for him to pleasure you, even though you can't have that penetrative sex. It's like vice versa in that case, too. So while you're learning, but I've heard that some guys there's other treatments like for example you can um, strengthen your pelvic floor for the guy to help him control his muscles and maybe train his brain to hold on a little bit longer. Do you?
2: Yeah, so the Kegel exercises is what you're referring to. Uh, those can, those can help. Any sort of you know a lot of guys who have premature ejaculation get very anxious during sex. So anything that uh, Know, deep breathing exercises anything sort of like yoga type techniques um, will will be helpful as I said there's the sprays there's the uh, pills I heard one of your episodes you had some lady on who had some system I think David said you tried it um, yeah,
0: the MyHixel. You're talking about that yeah. one. That that yes, it yeah. trains your penis to hold on. It trains it with sensations at the right uh, body, vibrations, at yeah. the body temperature as well. It heats up and then trains the trains the penis to hold. That was very interesting. Yeah. Now, one of the questions I had in my head was, I know you talked about how the testosterone level goes down over with time with age, but does the actual penis age as well? Does the, the function of the penis does that change as you age?
2: Well, yeah, yes, it does. So. Part of it is the blood vessels to the penis uh, do get narrowed, as all blood vessels do as you get older. And we see a higher incidence, uh, we're seeing a higher incidence of something called Peyronie's disease. So Peyronie's disease is scar tissue that develops on on the erectile tissue within the penis. And so what that presents to me with is either patients feel a lump on their penis, more commonly they have a curvature of the penis, and that scar tissue that uh, forms. So probably we weren't made to have sex until we were uh, 70 or 80 years old, so every time you have sex, it's a little bit of trauma to the penis. So about 4 or 5% of men develop this disease called Peyronie's which uh, causes a curvature of the curvature of the penis.
0: And that's a sudden curvature. It's not like something they were born with a curved penis, and, but it's all of a sudden that happens.
2: Right. So that's it's not a congenital curvature of the penis with some men habits, but you have a straight penis and then you wake up one day and you're Captain Hook. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) That's scary, I think.
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's very scary. You know, I've always
1: had this question. Carol and I have discussed it before because a penis takes such a beating over life. You know, a guy when he's young, he's sitting there stroking his cock, stroking it. Carol loves getting fucked hard, and it's like harder, 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 and this piece of tissue is just getting the crap beat out of it. Like, how does it take so much abuse? Well,
2: abuse, pleasure. (laughs) Well, people do develop Peyronie's disease for that reason, but uh, there is, you can actually fracture your penis. So, um, we see this, You know, a couple times you have to operate on someone for a fractured penis. So how does it usually happen? A guy is having sex. Generally, they might be a little inebriated, and either the woman's on top and she slips out and slams down on the penis, or you're doing it doggy style and you slip out and you slam it, and you could fracture your penis, and it's a medical emergency.
0: Wow. And so there is a surgery to fix it. And is it the broken yeah. blood vessels? Is it damaged tissue?
2: No. So the penis has two erectile bodies, uh, one on either side. And they, this is fibrous lining. And when the penis gets hard, it's, you know, it's hard. And if there's a tremendous force on it, that fibrous lining tears. Oh, okay. And if you don't repair it surgically, then you'll certainly develop Peyronie's disease and a curve because scar scar tissue will form there and what happens is where there's scar tissue, the penis can't stand so it's going to curve. Oh, I I got it. it. Okay. So
1: so there's no issue with me pounding her really hard but if I'm doing her doggy style and I pull out and I miss, I should go into her ass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sure, right. That might might be, give you Without any lube, you might get pironis and she might kill you. Exactly. We
1: always use lube. There's lots of it around. (laughs) Oh
0: my God, that's funny. This is all so much much great information that we're getting directly from Dr. Jed. Let's just remind everybody that we are Carol and David and this is The Sexy Lifestyle and we're having an amazing discussion with top urologist Dr. Jed Kemenecki. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's just take a minute to talk about Hedonism, our favorite resort. It's in Jamaica and it's one of our favorite places. is the sexiest place on the earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like and we're so excited to let you know that we're going to be escaping winter 2021 and we will be at Hito from March 15th no sorry from January 15th to March 26th that's right a full 10 weeks on the beach naked in 69 Jamaica. days 69 days that <laughs> Carol likes saying that and we're going to be broadcasting on location, and most probably some of our shows will be done naked. So come on down, join us for a week or more, and you could even be a guest on one of our podcasts. Yeah, we can't
0: wait to get back home to Hito. It's going to feel so good to be there, and with all the delicious Jamaican food, the amazing award-winning entertainment, and all, of course, the sexy, fun, and erotic guests. So join us as we get naked on the beach again. It's been a long time. So visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to stay informed with all the sexy and open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world.
1: Absolutely, can't wait. We've started our countdown already. All right, back to the show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, we are Carol and David, and now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex.
0: Because great sex
1: matters and we all
0: deserve it. So Dr. Jet, in this particular part of our show, we like to get down and dirty with our guests. And so I'm gonna ask you if you remember when you discovered great sex. How old were you perhaps and who were you with?
2: Well, I've been married for 32 years to the same woman. So, um, and I, I went out with a, a, a lot of women uh, over before I got married at about 29 or 30. Uh, so I met my wife on a blind date and we got engaged within three months. She wasn't pregnant. <laughs> and we got married a year after the blind date. So I'd have to say she she motivated me to, to tie the knot so quickly, so that must have been the first uh, great sex yeah. I had. And yeah. did
1: you start early in life? Like I know Carol started when you had your first kiss at thirteen. Uh huh. No, nine. Nine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, I was in high school. I wouldn't say I was an. I was. Uh, I guess a little shy with the ladies, but I, I got over that uh, pretty quickly in uh, college and and thereafter
0: and going to university is it anything like we see on gray's anatomy like everybody's going into the uh the supply room to have little quickies here and there?
2: Well, when I was a resident uh, the uh yeah, there were a lot of, a lot of nurses. They were and then you know, the drug reps, those that was a pretty classic, but <laughs> Uh, Nice. Sure. Thirty-two years of marriage. uh, (laughs) We'll stick back to that. that.
0: (laughs) Now you see a lot of patients who come in with a lot of, uh, I guess, um, not discomforts necessarily, but things that they're not happy with. But if you're trying to make them better, how would you define great sex? I know that you want them to have a better quality of life, but your goal is so they can enjoy great sex. How would you define that yourself?
2: Well, I think to answer that question to say, why do people have sex? So pe- there's a multitude of reasons why people have sex. One, so it feels good. Two, because um, they want a- new experiences, they want to have fun, uh, they may have sex because they want to be intimate and close with their partner. Uh, people may have sex because they want to per- uh, have children. So I think that for whatever reason people are having sex if both of them at the end of the sexual encounter have achieved those goals you know people may have sex if they want to orgasm so wh- whatever they wanted to achieve that motivated them to have sex i think if they both did it then it was great sex
1: cool now we talked about stress earlier we talked about covid does reducing stress by having more and better sex right now during this pandemic, will it help in the scheme of things, which is reducing anxiety, getting you closer to your partner, and and trying to get rid of some of that stress that we're all building up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when you have an orgasm, you uh, release endorphins, uh, so it definitely improves your mood, it it improves your sense of well-being. And uh, I would say that, you know, also, Let's not forget about masturbation. So, masturbation is a form of sex, also. So, people may be uh, quarantining at home; they may not be able to go out and see their part, you know, partners. They may not be able to meet people. So, uh, self pleasure also, you oh. know, is really a, a great uh, stress stress reliever.
0: For sure. Now, you know, all of our listeners, they would all would want to know, or they they would love to have bigger, better, longer, stronger orgasms. Is it really possible to change the quality of the orgasm? For men? Yeah, for men or women in general.
2: Uh, Well, you know, we talked about, you know, premature ejaculation and how that negatively impacts a a man's orgasm. Because To have a really intense orgasm between uh, men or women, there has to be a sort of, it's got to be a tension built up. There's got to be, you know, blood flow. So I think if you can sort of prolong things, lead up to it, um, maybe sort of, you know, sort of an edging type uh, uh, thing. But so that's within the sexual encounter. Things that people can do themselves to make them have better orgasms. So higher testosterone, you'll have better orgasms. So you know, get into shape, work out. You know, if you if you gain the quarantine COVID 19 you know, try to try to work out and lose the weight. Um, Kegel exercises will you know strengthen those pelvic floor muscles. So when you have an orgasm, there's a contraction of the pelvic floor, there's a contraction of the prostate. Um, So if those pelvic floor muscles are stronger, they're going to have a stronger contraction. So all of that will help.
0: So there is actually ways to make a better orgasm and there is ways to make it last longer and be stronger.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, good being healthy and, you know, being fit and doing, you know, I think, I talk to people all the time about doing stretching and pelvic floor stretching and rolling out the, the pelvic floor muscles because I think that all, all helps.
1: Now, um, I have a question, and we, we've, I don't think we've ever asked it on the show. We talked about it a lot, but is there a way for a man to increase his refractory period so he can come back quicker?
2: Uh, <clears throat> well, there's the pills. We talked about that. you know Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, all of those Pills will definitely decrease the uh, latency period. Uh, Again, anything that raises your testosterone, anything that improves your overall vascular health, so uh, good sleep, um, good diet, not necessarily you don't have to be a vegan, but cut down on animal proteins. Alcohol definitely is a depressant when it comes to sex. It might help uh, with a rapid ejaculation, but more than a drink or two is definitely going to be a depressant. So I think, you know, a good healthy lifestyle is going to be anything that improves your uh, vascular health is going to improve your penovascular health and your sex life.
0: Now, you talked about testosterone as being the, the hormone that makes a man a man, but one of the buzzwords that's been in the news these days is about this toxic masculinity. Do those people really have more testosterone, or is it really a culture and a way of behavior rather than a mass of testosterone?
2: No, testosterone doesn't make you a jerk. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> now, maybe if you had a really high testosterone, you might be you know, a little aggressive, and irritable. So some people on testosterone do feel a little more aggressive, but that's not going to make you a jerk. So what's going to change, uh, you know, toxic masculinity? I think, you know, education, I think consent is being, you know, rightly so drummed into people's heads at a young age. You know, this is a new term or thought for us, but young people are, are learning about it. And I think, you know, women are less likely to put up with crap that they might have in the past. So hopefully uh, it's bad behavior and uh, bad behavior we may be seeing at least south of uh, the border in our national leaders as they, uh, you know, it's going to decrease over, you know, time. That
0: is good. Yes, exactly. Now, we're wrapping up our show. When we come to the end of our show, we always like to recap and, and and leave everybody with some final advice. So what would you say would be the first two things that a young man should do if he notices that he has a decline in
2: his libido? Well, the first thing I do is don't go crazy. Don't stress out because that's going to make it worse. People are going to have peaks and valleys in their libidos, you know, throughout life, you know, if you're stressed, work, relationships, so, you know, calm down, you know, go to the gym, do whatever, you know, blows off steam for you, uh, work out, uh, get outside. Uh, if it's a persistent problem, particularly if it's associated with ED, then you should see a, a, a urologist or a sexual health specialist like myself, get your testosterone checked, make sure, now... So I keep talking about blood flow. So if you have uh, ED, maybe a leading sign of some more serious vascular disease. So people don't die of ED. People die of strokes and heart attacks, which are also vascular events. I want to say two things that are not an answer to your question, too. You, you always talk about hedonism. You know, conch soup. If you ask a Jamaican what they do to help, help their libido and their erections, they, they have tonics and kong soup. Kong, it's a little bit of an old wives' tale, but I go to Jamaica a lot and uh, kong and soup.
0: And does it work or it is a wives'
2: tale? I think it's a wives' tale, <laughs> but it tastes good. Your
1: wife's still with you.
2: Right. Yeah. And the first thing I want to say is that, you know, everybody's listening to you guys. They don't see you. So I just want to give a little, away a little secret. You guys kissed each other before the start of the episode. And So that's the key to great sex.
0: Uh Thank you. uh, Thank you. Thank you you for that. Well, this has been an amazing show.
1: Well, Dr. Jed Kamenetsky, thank you so much for being here, for sharing all this amazing information. Why don't you take a second and tell everyone how they can contact you and find your website?
2: So uh, people can uh, see us, find us on Instagram, Dr. Jed Kamenetsky. And there's a lot of good information there. If they have any questions, they can DM me. Uh, we're doing virtual visits now. Our website is universityurology.com, dot com, and, and of they course- could also reach out to us from there
0: beautiful and of course if you missed any of that information you just have to go to our website thesexylifestyle.com where every one of our guests has their own guest page including dr jed and all their information is there and you can even contact them directly from our website if you have any questions about their work
1: absolutely just a reminder that today's show was sponsored by promescent and you know we're learning more and more every week from all our expert guests and we hope you do too if you have any questions at all you can always send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com
0: and remember, please, to stay safe, stay healthy, and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, practice, practice social distancing, and please wear a mask as often as you can.
1: Please, please, please. Well, that's it for our show today. Dr. Jed Kamenetsky, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And, of course, every week we want to thank all our listeners for being there every week.
0: Uh, Join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life.
1: All right. That's it for our show today. Remember, stay safe and, of course, stay sexy. We're sending you lots of love and, of course, great sex. Until next time.